I thank, very much thank, my Democratic colleagues for our showing our unity in solving this Republican-manufactured crisis. To support these investments is to create a rising America. America is moving. To oppose these investments is to be complicit in America's decline. Certainly, we all want to keep gasoline prices low, uh, but uh, the threat of the crisis, uh, the climate crisis, certainly can't wait any longer. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 55. In hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. Our number, you want to be a part of the program. 55 days, Americans abandoned by Joe Biden behind enemy lines, held hostage by the Taliban. And he's barely, he hasn't mentioned their names in, in 40 days. Never thought that would happen in this country. Um... I want to play, it's a, it's a fairly long report, but a worthwhile report, and then, and then on the other side, uh, we'll check in with Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council, and Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona, as it relates to what can we now do um, as it relates to this, this coming surge. You have the DHS Secretary Mayorkas predicting that we may have as many as 400,000 people trying to cross this border illegally in the next 30 days, which would be an unmitigated disaster on top of every other disaster. Anyway, so there was a report on NBC News describing what's happening, and this is NBC, so, you know, take that for what it's worth, but even they cannot deny what's happening. Tents are crammed onto this beach, rows and rows of them packed with desperate migrants trying to get into neighboring Panama. If you're wondering how so many Haitian migrants ended up at the Texas border last month, this is why, and more are on the way. This morning, Necocli, Colombia is no longer a tourist town. Some 20,000 migrants, many of them trying to head to the U.S., are now camped out here, desperate to leave. Among them, Haitians, Cubans, and Venezuelans. After the dramatic surge of migrants into Del Rio, Texas last month, the Biden administration deported some to Haiti, but it released the majority, around 13,000, into the U.S. to wait for asylum cases. They're still coming now because of worsening economic conditions in South America, where some had settled, and the belief they might now be allowed to stay in the U.S. Well, that's the belief because that's what Joe Biden's been doing with everybody. So the fact that people believe it would be real. Anyway, Brandon Judd, president, National Border Patrol Council, 20-year active Border Patrol vet, uh, Congressman Andy Biggs of uh, Arizona. So if they're admitting that it could be as high in a in a 30-day period of time, 400,000 illegal immigrants being processed into the country, because we all know nobody's really being stopped and very few people are being sent back. Nobody, again, we don't have any uh, background checks to see if there's radical associations. Not, we, we don't have health checks. We're not even giving COVID tests. There's no vaccine mandates for illegal immigrants. They get preferential treatment, so treatment over Americans. And of course, there's there's no litmus test whether or not people are able financially 
to take care of themselves or if millions of people will become a financial burden to the American people. Uh, Brandon Judd, uh, when you look at this and then you measure in the fact that all of the resources have been focused on the migrants, you know, this has now been boom time, too, for the cartels and the gangs and the human traffickers and the drug traffickers. Yeah, so when you look at the the profits that the uh, criminal cartels are making right now, we're talking about with 212,000 apprehensions, they're making a minimum of $400 million a month in human trafficking alone. That does not include the drug trafficking. If it jumps up to 400,000 apprehensions, um, you know, the, the, the profits are going to be astronomical. But where that really is going to hurt us, where it's going to hurt the Border Patrol is right now, with 200,000 apprehensions, we, we've got about 50% of our resources are are in processing. We don't even have them in the field. They're not even patrolling the border. They're in processing. If we have to deal with 400,000 apprehensions, then we're looking at pulling all of our resources completely and totally off the border and putting them in processing, which is going to allow the, the cartels to have complete and total reign of, of our borders. They will then dictate to us exactly what our law enforcement postures will be, and they will con- completely control the border if if DHS doesn't do something to stop what is well, I, coming but I don't, But I don't really put the, well, DHS, that's the Biden administration, but they're not putting anything in place. They, first, it's an outright denial the, the problem exists. Then we... They try to hide the images of kids in the middle of a pandemic and these cages that Joe Biden builds. Uh, then they try to take cameras away for when you have 15,000 people under a bridge in Del Rio. So they've not been honest the entire time. Then they come out and outright lie and say, well, well they don't need a COVID test because they're only going to be here a short period of time. Uh, they're not even they're not even mandated to show up in court. They get a request to show up in court. That is not legally binding. So we've been lied to the entire time. Congressman Andy Biggs, your state of Arizona, like Texas, has been hit particularly hard. Yeah, that's right, Sean. I mean, and you when you consider that you have 400,000 that we're going to apprehend in this month, all of last year, 450,000. So so that gives you some context. But, but what's happening is these communities... Um, they're, they're smaller communities along the border. They're having to deal with people being released into their communities. They're having to deal with, they've got NGOs that are, that are helping them, but they're being overrun and then it spreads throughout the country. These folks are going to end up in the entire country. It won't just be Arizona and Texas, New Mexico and California that, that feel the brunt of this. They're going to come to a neighborhood near you and, and as you say, they're going to have communicable diseases. Was, I was talking to a Border Patrol agent uh, a few days ago who's telling me the various uh, diseases that they've seen. Uh, and this administration is culpable. It's totally culpable. And, and as we saw with the Del Rio thing, the total border area gets going. So you had 224 miles of border in the Del Rio sector left unpatrolled, unguarded because they had to deal with that massive influx. And, and in the meantime, you still have seven to 10,000 people a day crossing the border. This is a failure of leadership. It's a failure of policy. This is why I'm advocating for Joe Biden and Mayorkas to be impeached. Well, you know, and, and okay, for a whole lot of reasons, right? I mean, abandoning Americans, that would be part of it. I, I do believe that also the Biden family syndicate is compromised as well. Uh, Brandon, you look at these images, you, you specifically 
have been mentioning the cartels are emboldened by the defund the police movement and all of the resources now going towards these illegal immigrants that are coming into the country. Mayorkas won't even call them illegal immigrants anymore. And and yet there's no system in place to stop it. It seems like they're facilitating it and they're aiding and abetting in the process. But once people are in this country, at that point, what power do the states have? What power does Border Patrol have to tell them, turn around and get out of here? You don't have any, do you? No, no, there's absolutely no power. In fact, I was just down on the border in, in Texas two days ago with the Republican governors. I was giving them a briefing of the state of the border and what, what's currently happening. And when you look, um, you know, the, the aiding and abetting, uh, when you look at we're all we're doing is we are completing the smuggling cycle. When they cross the border illegally and we pro- we take them into custody, we arrest them, we take them back to our station, we process them, and then we release them with the NTA under catch and release. We then turn them over to non-governmental organizations, and they then facilitate the travel throughout the United States. So all we're doing is completing the smuggling cycle. And, and look, I was on your show um, the other night, and, and, you know, you asked about President Biden aiding and abetting, and Branovich kind of tap danced around the question. I, I flat out told you that if he wasn't the president of the United States, I would arrest him for aiding and abetting. But he's, you know, he's immune to, to that prosecution, so it can't happen. But yes. Well, you wouldn't my- be able to arrest him because you can't find him because he's hiding out in the White House. Uh, being told by his staff that he's not allowed to answer questions. And on weekends, he escapes to Delaware so he can nap all weekend. Um, So you first have to he has he hasn't traveled to the border to see firsthand what's actually going on there, nor has his border czar gone to any of the hotspots down there. Um, Point well taken. Yeah. Uh, So but now what let me ask a question about when people are crossing the border. Do you see that they have any means financially at all? to take care of themselves, or are they all relying on the United States to provide food, water, shelter, health care, education, et cetera? Uh, so, we, the, the, yeah, all of them. All of them are, are, when we release them with an NTA, we're giving them a de facto legal status to be here. With that legal status, they're then able to get work permits, driver's licenses, send their children to school. They're able to get all of the social benefits that a United States citizen has, yet they, they have nothing um, when they come into the United States. So, yes, we dole out everything. The states are on the hook for all of these social programs, and it's costing the states millions of dollars. Um, and I'm talking about an individual state because if you look at it cumulatively, it's billions of dollars every year is what it's costing these states to take care of these people that are crossing the border illegally. And when you look at we've we've released um, over a million people this year alone, uh, that's a million new illegal aliens to our population this year alone. It's unreal. So I know, Andy Biggs, you put forward impeachment articles. That would take a Republican majority in the House to make that happen. Um, Now the question is... If if Joe Biden just continues to just, you know, basically pick and choose which laws he wants to obey and which laws he doesn't want to obey, there's nothing really that these governors can do. Now, I've talked to Governor Abbott. I've talked to Attorney General Brnovich. Uh, They seem to be trying to work their way through the courts. Uh, They're doing everything they can possibly do themselves. They're even building their own wall in Texas. They've they've allocated $3 billion of Texas taxpayer money. Uh, They built out miles and miles of walls via cars that they've lined up 
closely together. Um, but at the end of the day, people are still crossing the border and then they're just being processed and no COVID testing, no vaccine mandate, and then being dispersed to the rest of the country. Yeah, that's right. And so what we've seen in Arizona and a couple of places, and Brandon can verify this as well, we've got a couple of county sheriffs working with their own county attorneys. This is on a small scale, though, but they're looking for any kind of state offense to to arrest and prosecute on. And, I'm, you know, I commend them. We need the state legislatures to step up and find uh, and toughen some of these laws that, so that the state's attorneys general, like Brnovich and others, can fight that fight. But uh, what we're seeing here and I, is, is we're seeing the even more belligerent, entitled culture uh, mentality of these people coming across the border. And, um, it, and so the federal government's going to take away uh, uh, the state local prosecutorial power, and they've basically told ICE to stand down. So we're going to have to take it up in the state level. We're going to have to take it up until we can remove uh, Mayorkas and Biden. Quick break, right back. More with Brandon Judd, Congressman Andy Biggs on the other side. All right, we continue. Brandon Judd, he is the president, National Border Patrol Council, 20 years, active Border Patrol vet, Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona. They've tried twice now to stick into the Senate reconciliation bill, amnesty. Both times the Senate parliamentarian has stepped up and said you can't do it. Uh, There's an article out today that activists now are putting all their pressure on Kamala Harris uh, as they battle to get large sweeping amnesty for all of these illegal immigrants. Um, You know, I pointed out that other countries charge a fortune if you want to get a passport or citizenship into these countries. And, you know, people just say that's that's ridiculous. Why should well, why does Australia do it? Why does New Zealand do it? Why does Cyprus and Turkey and all and and all these other con- Caribbean countries do it? They do it because they make a fortune doing it. Um, so it's something of great value. And I assume that Democrats want something of great value they would give to illegal immigrants and that that would be remembered when they go out and vote. Now, I support legal immigration. Brandon, it's it's a hard process, but there, we have a legal process to get into this country. I think it should guarantee that we have a security check, a health check, and people need to show they have the means to take care of themselves. Then I don't care where you come from, then welcome to America. But these yeah. people are not following the process at all, and now we're going to reward them with citizenship? Yeah, Sean, the, the reason why I love this country so much is we are the most generous country in the world. We have been blessed of, of our Father in Heaven more than any other country because we believe in the rule of law. We have a Bill of Rights. We have a Constitution. And that rule of law is what protects us and, and, and keeps this country what it is. The moment we deviate from that rule of law, the moment we go away um, from what the founders of this, uh, this great country intended, we then become no better than the countries that these people are fleeing from. And we just can't do that. We have to continue um, to look at and say, even though the legal process isn't the easiest process, we still allow more people into our country every year legally than any other country in the world, even though it's difficult. We can't say that we're going to allow illegal immigration to exist as well. When we do that, 
we again we we erode the basic society that made us so great in the first place and if they believe that they can the first act of coming to the united states if that first act is an illegal act what makes anybody think that they're going to believe that any other law means anything in this country and in fact the a, a good number of them don't believe the laws of this country mean anything, which is why they violate so many of our laws. And that's, that's what's so disappointing when you look at the liberal left and the rhetoric that they give um, about, oh, we've got to just, you know, these are only poor people that are coming to make a better life for themselves. Okay, let them do it legally. We allow more people than any other country in, in um, legally. Let them do it legally, but they won't do it. Brandon Judd, uh, Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you both for being with us. We appreciate it. 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, As we face a tough economy, what do you need to do financially for you and your family? We'll check out with the visionary co-founder of the Carlisle Group on the other side of this. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. We'll get to your calls on this Friday. Quick break, right back. Joe Biden can't spell it, and he can't keep them for the American people. Check out the Sean Hannity Jobs Forum today. Now, Hannity's on Coast to Coast. Hi, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number you want to be a part of the program. Uh, It was an unmitigated disaster of a report, jobs report, that came out earlier this morning, and... (laughs) You got to hear the media reaction to this bad report. It ends up the U.S. added only 194,000 jobs last month, falling way short of expectations for the second consecutive month. Um, even as schools reopened and, and COVID cases now have been down dramatically. Uh, as a matter of fact, Delta cases declined nationwide 40 percent since early September. And the Biden jobs market remains a disaster. Listen to the reaction on TV this morning. 194,000 net new jobs added, way less, way less than anybody expected, and less than last month and the worst of the year. We got these jobs numbers coming out just 30 minutes or so ago, right? 194,000 jobs added. The projection was half a million jobs, nowhere near that. Yeah, people don't seem to be in a hurry to get back to work. There are about 12 million job openings out there and about 8 million unemployed people. So there's one and a half jobs for every unemployed person out there. Hospitality, eh, 74,000. That's not the kind of numbers we need from that sector to drive the uh, employment that we need. Uh, Declines in nursing. Uh, Where else do we have any declines? Not any big declines here. Just not, Becky, the numbers that you need to make this uh, put people back to work right now. Uh, September now coming in weaker than August. You know, you were talking about the jobs. It just gets worse and worse, and that goes on for a longer period of time. It ends up Wall Street Journal, uh, U.S. job growth now slowing down to the slowest pace of the year. I mean, one and a half jobs available for every American out of work right now. That would be called an opportunity if people wanted to get to work. All right, now add to that. The McConnell cave on the debt limit uh, and the disastrous, you know, proposal that is the new Green Deal socialism that would raise taxes all across the board. Corporate taxes. Corporations don't pay taxes. They pass the cost on to you, the consumer. 
We went through a great analysis yesterday. On average, the uh, the average American household, because of Biden inflation, is paying an additional two thousand one hundred dollars in in Biden in, Biden's inflation taxes. I call it. You see, the global price of food now has hit a decade high. U.S. crude oil prices now has topped eighty dollars a barrel. Joe has ended our energy independence that Trump gave us for the first time in 75 years. Now, this is the highest price for a barrel of oil since 2014. By the way, OPEC said no, they would not increase their production. Um, so you, you're looking at every other aspect of the economy and nothing is looking particularly good. Then you've got this whole supply chain crisis that nobody seems to be addressing. And Costco and other retailers impacted you know, by this are, are trying to find their own solutions because they're not getting any help from the Biden administration. But this is a complete depletion disruption. We've talked a lot about the price of of lumber and the price of aluminum. Uh, it was interesting to watch that Elon Musk is moving Tesla and their headquarters from California to Texas. That is not rare anymore. That's called basically an average day of people exiting out of the of the state of California. Um, and, you know, now we see, look at, look at Michigan, for example, Governor Whitmer, you know, just had to deal with the, the blow of Ford choosing to build an $11.4 billion new electric vehicle plant. Where are they building it? In Kentucky and Tennessee. And I'm barely, barely touching the surface of the impact of all of this. Just, just energy independence alone. We're paying 50 cents. We're paying an average of 50% more than we were paying last year. Uh, now we'll give waivers to Putin, but we'll cancel high-paying career jobs on the Keystone XL pipeline. None of this is good for you. With the increased price of a gallon of gasoline about up about on average a buck fifty a gallon, that's more to fill your tank, heat and cool your home, and that means everything that is shipped. That means it's going to cost more for the fuel. That means everything you buy in every store you go to will will cost more as well. Uh, that's why we wanted David Rubenstein. He's back on the program. Uh, he's the co-founder of the Carlyle Group, uh, and he's also the co-executive chairman, one of the world's largest, most successful private equity firms. He understands the economy second to none. Um, he also, by the way, is a great author and, and writer. Uh, he has out the American Experiment, Dialogues on a Dream, which came out of which came out in September. Um, I'm very fond of his writing. We'll put it up on Hannity.com. Uh, David, sir, welcome back to the program. And uh, this is not good news from my point of view. I want to get your take. Well, I appreciate your having me back. And uh, I would say, yes, the news today was not good. And I don't think anybody can really sugarcoat it. Uh, the stock market is up today because not because of this, but really because of the uh, uh, factor relating to the debt limit uh, situation where that will get resolved. But, you know, there's no doubt there's, there, there are challenges in the economy, and I think we haven't really recovered from COVID, and it's going to take quite some time. What did you think of Janet Yellen's proposal? Well, we might print or mint a $1 trillion coin. I'm, I'm listening to this and, you know, chuckling because it's so silly to me. But more that importantly, a, go ahead. Uh, that was an academic proposal that some academics have come up with, and I don't think uh, the Treasury or uh, 
or the White House seriously looked at it. It was talked about, but now that we have this agreement, at least for two months, I don't think that will be uh, ever seeing the light of day. That would be my view, and that would be a good thing uh, not to let us see the light of day. I do think the debt limit is probably uh, anachronistic at this point, but we got to solve a better. We have to solve this problem in a better way. Doing this perils of Pauline every couple months is not a way to run the economy. You wouldn't run a company this way. What is your reaction to three point five trillion in New Green Deal? socialist spending what is the impact from your perspective on the economy and raising quote taxes on the rich and corporate taxes and capital gains taxes and death taxes i mean they pretty much want to hit everybody everywhere and meanwhile the consumer ends up bearing the brunt of all of this in spite of the lie that it's only a tax increase for the rich it's a complicated subject and nobody loves tax increases of course and uh i at least I don't like tax increases, but I think it was not portrayed accurately or not well. For example, over the next 10 years, we'll have a budget overall of about $100 trillion, in other words, we'll average about $10 trillion a year between now and 10 years from now. So this is basically adding another $3.5 trillion on top of it. You could say 3.5%. You could say we maybe don't need it. But I think it was not described very well as what they were trying to do. It's a 10-year number, and they, they should really point that out better. It also... Not everything in that three and a half trillion was probably necessary because they've gone from three and a half trillion to now maybe two trillion, and that seems to be what will likely happen at some point. You know, I, I know people can say you look at this inflation tax, as I call it. Janet Yellen is now she originally was predicting that interest rates would start creeping up. The Fed was saying probably in early 2023. Now they're talking about early 2022. We already see the the rise in home prices around the country. Uh, rent increases have gone up, according to the statistics, dramatically around the country. Um, let's break this down. Uh, people might say, all right, well, uh, David and Sean Hannity, they they have enough money. We're going to get lectures from them. Well, I did live a big part of my adult life without any money, and so I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to have to fight to make rent. But the reality is, when you put all of this, combine all of this together, let's look at the average American and the impact all of this will have on them. We're going to be paying more for everything. And the cost of energy, I don't see any other way to drive it down except that we start producing more energy again ourselves. That doesn't seem to be an option for Joe Biden and his administration. There's no doubt that energy production in the United States has gone down because to produce the kind of oil we produce here, the, the uh, shale oil costs $70 a barrel. And so when it gets down to 40 or $50 barrel, a dollars a barrel, the, the producers shut down for a while. And going to take a while for that to get up to speed again and happen. So for a while, we're not going to be producing that much uh, oil, I think, in the country relative to what we could produce. Uh, I do think the problem with inflation is has to be put in context. Uh, when I worked in the White House, as you know, under President Carter, we had inflation that was double-digit inflation. We're not going to have double-digit inflation, but we're going to have inflation that's more likely higher than the 2% target of the Fed. So for people who are not uh, wealthy, um, 2% inflation, 3% inflation, 4% inflation is meaningful. So I think uh, it's a serious challenge for everybody, there's no doubt, if inflation gets bigger. All right, David, we appreciate it. Your new book, by the way, is the visionary co-founder of the Carlyle Group. It's called The American Experiment. Uh, we have a link on Hannity.com. David, great to catch up with you. Thanks for being with us. Thanks a lot, Sean. Appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN. Quick break. When we come back, uh, wide open phones, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. And at the top of the hour, we're going to go through the exact capitulation and cave of McConnell uh, in great detail. 